This is an Audio Wool original. This episode of Fright Day is brought to you by Spring Heel Jack Coffee. You need great coffee. Jack delivers. Visit springheeljack.coffee. Hey guys, thanks so much for listening. If you'd like to support us, please go to patreon.com forward slash fright day. Come on, Damon. Come again. Here we come. Yeah. Come out, come out, wherever you are! <laughs> was under a conservatorship <laughs> and not allowed to like have her own creative control but he is well i mean everyone's allowed to do their best to sound like chester bennington um <laughs> nick Groff. holy shit well what do you mean he's a demon hunter that was awful it was probably the worst and i think that last week we did end our episode by talking about the exit of nick groff right i really hope that's where we left off um <laughs> there's just so much to talk about there and is and nick did not have a lot of success moving forward he hasn't done anything super notable or amazing but the original crew down to two yeah stuck it out brought some new peeps on and here's the thing as much as they may like to uh poke fun at my long lost soulmate Zach Baggins, it turns out that he really is a very good business person when it comes to reinventing things. Really? And right after Ghost Adventures really took off, he started doing a spin-off show called Paranormal Challenge. Wow. To 
tonight, two teams will battle it out here to see who can capture the most compelling paranormal evidence. Look, 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 look. Not gonna lie. Did you see that? I wish I wore an adult diaper. What the? This is Paranormal Challenge, Waverly Hills Sanatorium. All right, which was... Like the Real World Roadrose Challenge? Kind of. It's like basically a competition between ghost hunters. kind of like, well, I was going to say kind of like MTV's Fear, where they have to, they're challenged to stay overnight, but... Fear kind of was leading into this, actually. Interesting. Fear is such a great show. I want to watch that on the Twitch stream. That seems really fun. If I can ever be free on a Friday night, I'd do that. All right. Then he did Paranormal Paparazzi in 2012, which was... On Paranormal Paparazzi. What the f***? Can these people teach you what you need to know to survive a zombie apocalypse? There it is. Did aliens crash the taping of this San Diego rapper's video? Coming through, breaking them, shaking them, taking them down, paranormally. Is this New Jersey pond really Satan's swimming pool? If he doesn't like you, he'll suck you down to hell. Plus, we investigate rumors of a superstar celebrity haunting in New Orleans. Movement in the trailer with nobody being in there. Ghost hunting groups are popping up all over the country, but we go out with a group that does their investigations, but naked. That's me. Plus, the Dread Central Report, Holly Weird Headlines, and our Ambush Interview of the Week. Zach interviewed paranormal researchers, like, in a newsroom, so it was like a news... I mean, it's all super cheesy, so right? So trying to do, like, a TMZ kind of thing? Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Actually, that seems very interesting. Well, but that's what I mean. Like, he's got cool ideas and he goes well, for they're it. They're pretty douchey ideas, but he he strikes it rich with some of them. Some of them he doesn't, but he works really hard. I think one thing I've established in my like known facts about Zach is he is an unhealthy work and specifically edit a holic. Oh. Like our friend B. Uh, <clears throat> I'm no, I'm nothing like this man. Yeah, no, you're a I lot like say, him. I, I, you know, who I think is a lot like Zach, as I'm learning here, mm-hmm. the gentleman I talked about in episode one, guy. Oh yeah, we got a story about him. Do you want to read that? I mean, I don't know. I think that that was a personal email just sent to you to convince you of the goodness of the heart of Guy Fieri. Right, and I, you know what, I, I may actually save it for like a. Uh, Happy Sunshine on a True Tales episode. Oh, that is I kind of a fun try and get, But it was a cool story. But I guess I'm saying that because, like, Guy, had, he didn't just do Diners, Diners, and Drives and he Guy's Grocery out. Games. He diversified. He, he did Guy's Chance of a Lifetime. He's got Guy's Big Bite, Rachel versus Guy, Celebrity Cook-Off, Guy's Ranch and Kitchen. So many things. But maybe that's just the that's just the way of the reality TV star. Way the world. Way of the world. Well, and way of the future. Way of the future. Okay. Leonardo DiCaprio unaware of can play anybody in terms of business acumen i can't say that baggins is a genius but i can say he works really hard and he's one of those people who has been lucky that his work has yielded some positive results at quite a few different points in time now go ahead i mean i don't know when when do you want to talk about the failings of his former business partner nick Graw? The gentleman who we just yeah. heard open the show. I mean, you're right. Here's what here's what I think we should do. So really the rest of the episode is going to be mostly about Baggins and his trajectory and his personal endeavors. So I think we should probably pause for a minute and we should do just a little bit of time dedicated to his two most significant business partners, Nick and Aaron. So let's start with Nick. You actually sent me an article that you wanted me to talk about. Uh, we, we did say that he left and he had some failed uh, attempts at shows... I am very sorry. I'm Normally that's you, not me. I'm yes, sorry. I will do mine as well. <laughs> <laughs> very similar to the format of Ghost Adventures. He had, what was it, Paranormal Lockdown. 
the music career, obviously taken off, skyrocketing. But he also had a show on Destination America called Ghost of Shepherdstown. And I don't know too much about this place. I do know that they, they call it the most haunted town in America. Who doesn't love a good ghost story, right? We're about to take a trip to the most haunted town in America. And our tour guide for this journey is paranormal investigator Nick Groff. Good morning, my friend. Good morning, Amy. How you doing? Oh, I'm doing great. I am so super excited that the second season of the show is on on Destination America, which is one of my favorites. I love, I love the hauntings. What is that? <laughs> Yeah, no, we love Destination America. They just embrace it, so they're a great network. Um, and I'm happy everyone else can view what we do as investigators because it's such a unique thing that we do. Never thought we'd be doing this, uh, especially going to towns. And also in Ghosts of Shepherdstown in season two, we're all over the place. We're in several different towns this season. So it's really interesting. Okay, so now do you think it's because you guys were in Shepherdstown that now some of the outlying areas are now experiencing some hauntings as well or reporting things that are happening as well? It was actually happening a little bit before. So when we were in Shepherdstown... But you know me, I don't um, believe in ghosts or hauntings. So I find that hard to believe. But uh, viewers of the show also found it hard to believe that the things that were happening uh, were really happening. Because they weren't. Well, just because one of the witnesses uh, was credited under a different name in season one. Okay. Leading people to believe that that person was an actor. Almost everyone in Shepherdstown, West Virginia, has experienced strange phenomena resulting in the town's billing as the most haunted in the United States the ghostly residents have directly affected the town's five-man police department, which spends inordinate amounts of time responding to disturbance calls that seem paranormal, not criminal in nature. In need of help, Police Chief Michael King enlists the aid of top-notch paranormal investigators to uncover the truth about objects that seem to vanish into thin air, disembodied voices, the faceless figures lurking in the shadows. This show, Ghosts of Shepherdstown, follows paranormal all-star trio investigator extraordinaire Nick Groff, tech guru Bill Hartley, and research slash sensitive Elizabeth Saint. You know, I think I can start adding sensitive to my... Are you paranormally sensitive? I think I'm sensitive. I think you're emotionally uh -huh. sensitive. Uh -huh. Helping residents restore peace to their homes and find out why Shepherdstown is such a hotbed for hauntings. You could see why the description of that show might lead people to disbelieve it to be a real thing and more of a, a semi-scripted... Uh, POV camera pseudo-documentary series. The other thing that came up, and I have been trying to find verification of this, but I saw it mentioned a couple, in a couple of places. About Shepherdstown? I don't know if it was about Shepherdstown. Did you see the note about the... Well, before we move away, I want okay. to talk about the director of the Visitor's Center in okay. Shepherdstown, Marianne Davis, who I guess stirred up a lot of controversy in an interview where she said something about the producers did some things to make the show better for TV which led people to believe she was saying they made stuff up or faked it. Groff got very upset <laughs> when this was reported, I believe, in, uh, what was it? in The Inquisitor. He went to his Facebook and said, <clears throat> Demon Hunters! <laughs> no, he didn't say that. Um, I, I started to see some questions about the authenticity of the Ghosts of Shepherdstown, and I just want to clear the air for all of you as we go into Season 2 next week. My fellow investigators, Bill Hartley and Elizabeth Saint, and I work closely with production, the local researcher, Dana Mitchell, and the town of Shepherdstown to ensure that all witnesses' stories are told accurately. All the witness accounts they investigate are real. 
Unfortunately, an online outlet took a quote from Marianne Davis, the director of the Shepherdstown Visitor Center, out of context from an interview that Marianne gave to a local newspaper earlier this year. Marianne was not interviewed by this outlet, nor any other that shared the story. This story was written by Dread Central, and the Inquisitor actually called out Dread Central for being inaccurate in their reporting of this, because this statement was taken up by... Yeah, it's it's a big, complicated mess. Okay. That it's surprising to me that Dread Central, a very popular horror news digital outlet, kind of got roped into like real news for a second. You for know? a hot minute. Marianne is a lovely person who cares passionately about her community and has been a great resource and ally for us filming. After talking with her today, Marianne said, quote, this is a quote in a quote. Quote, quote, quote. We're looking forward to the new season and introducing new visitors from around the world to Shepherdstown. And to hear her set the record straight, I wanted to share the full context of what Marianne said when she did an interview. Why would he quote that part? That doesn't I don't really know. He just any. keeps going and going. With a local newspaper back in January, you also noticed that the interview never states, quote, parts of the ghosts of Shepherdstown were staged and fake, as referenced by other online outlets. And they're talking about the Inquisitor. I don't know why he made such a big deal of this. It makes me believe further that the Ghosts of Shepherdstown series is... Bunk? Bunk. And, well, and actually, it makes me ask, what's next? Energy doesn't die. But I, I believe when we die, we're kind nope. of one with God. We get a little taste of God. We get a taste of what nope. happens like. We get a I know you want to play as much of his music as possible. Don't let these ideas manipulate you. Your mind should be an open book to your own thought process. This will get you thinking of life instead of death, as it's all about what's next in this life we don't fully understand yet. There's so many unexplained happenings circling our everyday atmosphere. Science tries to prove these happenings, but your body and mind feel these emotional gatherings from energies connected between dimensions. How can we say there is no such thing in this complicated world that makes you think of your own inner being? What's next? Heaven, hell, reincarnation, another world, reality, death, a tomb, the ground, actuality. His business manager needs to be fired. It's uh, quite the life. So I think the reason he was so sensitive about it is because, Byron, after the first episode of Paranormal Lockdown, mm-hmm. he was called out on some real transparent bullshit. Seeing Rob shaking, telling me what he's seen on the camera, it's literally freaking me out because I can't see it with my own eyes. We're in pitch darkness, but only Rob can see it on these high-definition cameras. Talk to, talk to us. What are you talking about? Uh, so we were looking down that way. I thought I heard something in my ear. Footsteps back there. And then as I zoomed in on you guys, my focus went to that back wall. And at that very last second, it's like I thought, like almost like a large snake or lizard or something just kind of slithered past. Do you have the monitor on you? Can we play it back? Can we play it back? Yeah, let's play it back. Watch. Watch back here. And that's when I heard something. Because you can tell it's focused all over the place. I don't even know what I'm doing. Now watch. Right there. <gasps> what the f*** is that? It's like, oh that's what I said. It's like there's a this yeah. moment in the first episode where there's this creeper. Which, first off, this is more extreme than what comes up in Ghost Adventures. You can say Ghost Adventures is bullshit, but there's nothing that's like... <sighs> they don't... Yeah. It's not... Ex- like It's almost like the typical fakery that you would come to expect like did you hear that stuff or a door closing right it's not not a ghost figment walking so literally there's a creeper come on okay and at one point the creeper gets up on his knees this is silent hill what is going on right and keep in mind i'm a person who loves getting freaked out by a good video creeper basically (sighs) 
like Nick was using his body to flood the shot with a bunch of IR light. Okay. And this actor was wearing a reflective bodysuit. Sure. To make it look like out of focus enough that it wouldn't be quite discernible as a human. But then obviously people broke it down and like analyzed the film and it's, and if you watch it too, it's super obvious. Hmm. Anyhow, we'll have links to that analysis and info in the show notes of this episode, of course. But as well as the link to Nick Groff's album, Spiritual War, Good versus Evil. This is my life, Anyhow, that's Nick in a nutshell. Uh, he did just get engaged, so congratulations. You know, Nick. whatever. Hopefully, um, he's doing okay. I mean, from the looks of his um, Spotify residuals, it looks like he's getting about fifty-six monthly listeners, and most of them are me. Yeah, fifty-three <laughs> of those are definitely Byron. I'm loving it. Oh my lord, guy shreds. Yeah, slaps. Isn't that what the kids say these days? Fuck you, posters trying to use my name. Wanna be players trying to use my G image when I walk and talk with your image. Fucking two-faced snitches. Crawl back to your witches. I'm a G till I die. But you've been so hard ride. Three hands up. Ride with me till we all die. Oh. Oh my God. Yeah, it's pretty incredible. It's a great time. Uh, do you want to talk a little bit about Aaron before we move on to the future of Zach Baggins' career? Yeah. In some interviews, I would say mid-Ghost Adventures, right? So Nick exits and Zach does some interviews about new directions of ghost adventures and he talks hmm. a lot about aaron aaron is a really good friend he writes a lot about aaron in his books well he's one of his best friends yeah and, and he, he also is one of the most interesting people that zach has ever met he won aaron in the nick divorce oh, that's so, so that worked out for him so how much can i say about this guy without him getting mad at me this is from zach's book i'm haunted <clears throat> he's a little more outrageous than me so how about this analogy I, I'll let you place bets at home if this is a true analogy or not. Right. He, he, the vocab like is a bit strained. Yeah. If I'm an eight-year-old trapped in a 37-year-old body, then he's a six-year-old trapped in a 38-year-old body. Huh. Mm -hmm. At some point, we started calling each other G and talking in a slur just because, well, no reason really. It just seemed slur. funny at the time. Does he mean like slurring his words like he's drunk? I think he's talking about maybe... does he mean like racial he, slur? Yeah, some sort of... And talking... He, see, the thing is, like, this is what I mean. This guy doesn't even understand that that's not... Well, he goes on to be uh, unawarely offensive by saying, Aaron has ADD and can't sit still, which can be a pain in the ass sometimes because his mind never stops thinking and his body never stops moving. This guy has a lot of energy. And when you factor in his massive daily caffeine intake, it seems like you could put him on a treadmill and power Las Vegas. And that's a lot of light bulbs, Kelly. But it's a double-edged sword because he can go from happy and laughing to dark Aaron in a second. Hot second. Dark Aaron can manifest like a demon with no warning dark aaron is not a fun guy to be around and when he comes out i call him the complainer great stuff dark aaron complains about everything he goes on to talk about dark aaron and i'm like i feel like i would turn into dark byron around you in a hot second they've uh, tried to knock each other out they've cried together and that's what makes them so close kelly well i do like aaron he's a real nice guy i know he is kind of like what was it was uh 
Oh my God, what was the show on HBO that was about Wahlberg and his friends, essentially? Wahlbergers? No, no, not really, but like the same story. Wasn't there? Oh, Entourage. Yeah, Entourage. That's kind of an Entourage vibe. He's like a a white trash Vegas Entourage in the sense that he employs all of his friends. He's a really nice guy. Any videos you watch with him, I think much like Zach, he's a super authentic person. You may not like him. He may be annoying. You may find him not to be superbly Legos and Transformers, toys, that Uh kind of stuff. He's he's a bit of a goofball, but he seems very nice and very he's wholesome. A, a picky eater as well, uh-huh. which I can relate to. I've gotten a very, little bit better. I've gotten eater. a lot better. Everyone assumes that I'm bad, but I mean, like, I lived with a chef for a long time. Like, yeah, but I now got, I got a lot better. I know, I know, but still, pickiest eater. He's a chain smoker, yet he eats healthy. I think I brought this up right at the beginning of our research. Uh, he talks about this time in Denver where he ate with Aaron. I'm talking about Zach and Aaron. Uh, he arrived at, to eat at a grill, and Zach's elbow accidentally grazed the bread on his plate. Mm-hmm. And then Zach goes on to say, like an unintentional boob graze at a crowded bar. Yeah. Brought, there are so many unintentional, offensive references in yeah, all of in his this, writing. In this opening paragraph, he's, he's talked about <gasps> using G. He's talked about ADD. And then he talks about... <laughs> unintentionally grazing a boob like that's an acceptable and common act for people to be doing um great stuff aaron uh threw the bread away because it was contaminated by zach's elbow probably because zach's elbow is always touching other people's boobs you know yeah uh very interesting guy aaron do you have anything else to talk about with aaron other than he's Definitely Zach's ride or die. Yeah, because best buddy. he's still hanging in there. He's kind of fit, like you said. Like, well, I don't know that he's fit, but he's a lot thinner. He's very good mini. He looks like a deflated balloon version of his former self. Yeah, well, he's so all good for organic. him. I'm sure his heart's yeah. really appreciating that. That's great. Okay. Good choices. He may not be as entertaining as a clown to us, but good for him for prioritizing his own health and well-being. Yay! Uh, do you know anything about the rest of the crew, though? The the, the uns- new ones, the unsung heroes. They've been there the whole time. They just don't get talked. Well, no, about. Well, they haven't been there the whole time because originally it really was just the three of well, them. Well, yeah, these are new folks. Is Billy Tolley. Do you know anything about him? I know that he's one of the like core newbies. He met Zach on MySpace, which is pretty fun. Oh, Zach dated. Well, we'll talk about that later. Oh, yes, we will. He had an OCD-like obsession with EVPs. Yeah, see, like OCD and ADD, ADD. are actual things. Yeah. And using them as like off-the-cuff descriptors it's, for somebody who doesn't actually have that is not very cool. The problem is I, I can't, like, I know he's not doing it intentionally. No, no, no he's just very stupid. He's very dumb. But th- this guy, uh, he, Billy was a, a Las Vegas club DJ but also does really good work with audio and video. So Zach made him part of the Ghost Adventures crew. There's this other guy, an audio tech named Jay Wosley and his wife, Ashley. They're a part of the production team, uh, but also good friends of Zach. Jay is, uh, he calls him a re- <laughs> I wouldn't be surprised at all. No, no I bet that was in it, and the editors were like, "No, we can't run uh, this. Like, we have to." They're just saying he's a good guy, and he helps Zach when he gets depressed, which is pretty nice. Jay's uh, very can kind of talk Zach out of his very frequent. What what do we call them when he turns into what I guess dark Zach? Possession induced rages. You know what I just thought of? We're getting close to something, and they wanted us out yeah. of here. We are getting close to something, man, and I just got that feeling in my head that we're about to discover guys, something here. Yeah, Nick, you're right, bro. Dude, I don't know what's wrong with me. I'm. I don't even want you to film this right now. All right, I'll stop. Dude, I'm crying, dude. 
What? I don't know why. We can't leave this area. There's something here. We can't leave until we figure this out. Me? Yeah, I said you! Stop, dude. Get the out of here! Aaron, come here. Yeah, it's not yeah. great. He gives nicknames to everyone on the crew. Jay is the theorist because uh, whenever they're having off-camera talks, he comes up with crazy theories like coffee beans make the hair on your head crystallize into aromatherapy and get rid of migraine headaches. It's the example that he uh, has here. And then he says that he's like Alex Trebek on speed. Ashley, though, still photographer. She's the set photographer on Ghost Adventures. Comes on every shoot and during the first days she gets B-roll footage and stuff like that. Yeah, another just integral part of the Ghost Adventures inner circle. The Wasleys in his mind are modern day hippies. In a way, they're awesome. I could see them driving an old VW bus. Mm. Mm -hmm. So uh, we talked a little bit about more of the crew, I guess, but. This is at the end of the day about Zach and Zach has undeniably been kind of the uh, very willing and persistently in front of everyone else lead for the show. Some people say that that's bad. Other people say that that's good, whatever. The point is, Zach at least acknowledges Aaron's contribution. Clearly there's a lot of bad blood with Nick. And so, you know, like for example, when he wrote I Am Haunted versus when he wrote whatever, dark, whatever, dark spirits, dark world, dark, dark, blah, blah, blah. We've given up. Like we're like, yeah. Well, so these books, it was dark world. It was dark shadows with the lead investigator. Okay. So in that he acknowledges his original three and in I am haunted. It's like Nick never even existed. It's very interesting. It it is really strange. That's the book I started with. You started with dark world. Yeah. uh, It's a a different uh, conversation. Yeah. Yeah. We knew that Zach had hit it big after doing a couple more little side projects like Ghost Adventures Aftershocks. The last several years, we have explored many locations. We have met hundreds of people. Many who have been deeply affected by our investigations. Are these dark spirits still plaguing these places? And harming these people. It's time to find out. This is Ghost Adventures Aftershocks. We're two thirds of the core original Ghost Adventures crew interviews former guests. Kind of talk about the, you know, it's almost like, uh, what was that show about The Walking Dead that was on after The Walking Dead? Talking. Yeah, it's like that, except it stars Zach, too. So he did that for a while, and people seem to have enjoyed that. Then... It's like our after show, Fright Night. I think that one's trademarked. Damn it. Sorry. Mm. 2015, he ends up on The Late Late Show with James Corden. They do an investigation of the CBS whatever the studio, studio. yeah, yeah. Our television city, and this is a place where sometimes strange things happen so that's why we've invited zap and aaron from the travel channel's ghost adventures to finally answer the age-old question is television city haunted if it is we're gonna find out does it matter that i had a chipotle this afternoon <laughs> let's it look at the your... equipment okay Let's do that. All right. Okay. What was the wait? What was that? 
Oh, it was us. It was we was it? Okay. Uh, this is our nerve center. This is Jay Wosley and Billy. Hey, man. How are you? Hey. When we're in there investigating, we're going to have four cameras watching our every move. Okay. But while we're investigating, we do have some devices that we're going to use to help us elicit spiritual activity and try to open up doorways. Okay. So this is a pilfer device. Okay. It's just going to create a big energy field. And this energy field is like a buffet for spirits. You mean like a buffet, like when you get like a spring roll, a pork chop, <laughs> some pasta, I just, I just a chicken. I that as a, a But you mouth. know what I mean? You go to a buffet and you'd never eat that meal. No, I, right. it just meant so, it as like a buffet of people. That's what I mean. They're going to look at us and go, oh, right. yeah. chicken breast, oh, right. filling in yeah. pasta. The video's kind of funny but also a little sad because I don't know Zach is aware that this is like, like a, goof? a funny haha. Yeah. Okay, next we've got thermal bands. Here you go, James. Why don't you put that on your hand? Can this detect if I've been dead inside for years? <laughs> Can I give you this? this? I'd like you to use this. It's so ovulous. The ovulus three. So there's a word database in here. When we start going, if you could ask the spirits questions and they can Obvious. answer you with words. So all ghosts speak English? No, we, we've really? got a lot of ghosts that speak all, all the different languages and we have to learn the languages. Does it come in in this in different languages? No, just English, which is a good thing. No, I'm looking forward to using thing the we're in Obvious a... 4. Do you honestly feel anything? I'm, I'm mean, feeling I'm, a lot of weird I'm, I'm, stuff. I'm, on the, I'm on the edge, but I think it'll be better when we're in Hey, it's we, just changed to hate. Reggie Watts is doing it with him. Obviously, Montana and Reggie Watts, which is so weird. Love it, great guy. He is, but like, very weird that we get to claim him. And he's got a blow up Ghostbusters like backpack. Pack, backpack. It's pretty funny. Just it's saying, it's "Come and right, let's go, let's go, let's go, let's go, let's go, let's go." So this goes on <laughs> for eight minutes. Oh, buddy. Um, I kind of like him playing it straight, though. It's way funnier for him to not, like, because he's not a comedian. I've seen so many times where, like, normal people go on a comedy show and they try to, like, riff with right. them, and it fails. So here's the thing. I'm going to give Zach the benefit of the doubt and say that he was playing the straight man, and he knew it yeah, was a funny ha-ha. would hope. He's on a, a comedy show, late yeah. night comedy show. Yeah, exactly. The next big thing that happened to Zach is something we covered on the show. Demon House. Oh, okay. Yeah. I came to kill The Ammons Haunting Case. I'm Zach Bagans. I'm one of the world's leading researchers on ghosts and demonology. And this film is cursed. <laughs> A story about a demon possession makes international news. Now look at one of the most documented cases of demon possession and exorcism in recent history. The next day over the phone, I buy the house, sight unseen. In my 37 years of police investigation, I've never run into anything like that before. I just got the keys to the demon house. You think it's dangerous for me to be in that house? I wouldn't be there. She had holes in both our wrists, just like little cuss. They called 911. They called 911. They did. There was an unidentifiable voice. I only heard it on the recording. Who in there? Something came back. I don't know if it was that demon, but something came. I put the crucifix on her head. She began convulsing. It was at a six. Okay, then I'll back. Are you sure you Indiana, Gary, Indiana. Zach bought the house. 
he tells very interesting stories about how we went in and there were squatters and then there was this lady who dropped by who used to live there. Something terrible then happened to her after visiting and they shut down production. There are all these stories what about was there it. there hundreds of demons supposed to be in this house? Yeah, it was supposed to be like the worst ever. Yeah. Well, remember the footage was cursed. Like there's a, there's a literal warning at the beginning. There is about and watching it. When we covered this way back in, it must've been 2018. I don't remember the episode number off the top of my head. Remember the, the image I showed of my friend I watched it with and his rash that appeared that yes, looked I exactly do. like a Baphomet? I do remember that. That actually. was weird. Like that was one of those times where I was like, this is uh Well, and Zach huh. tells a story in the movie, which he told in all the interviews when he was talking about the movie too. But right before he went to investigate this house, right before he heard about the house and bought it, he had a dream about a satyr. Like a word problem? <laughs> no. That's the satyr square. It, I the, love the satyr square. Thank yeah. you. That was actually one of the most underappreciated episodes ever. Well, because it's a visual thing. It's really I hard love to talk it. About, I don't even care. Episode 155 was Demon House, by the way. Apparently then this demon, he got a warning from one of his spiritual buddies. Be careful with this house. There is a demon there, you know, like a goat man. He's very powerful. So Zach, supposedly after this investigation... And you sound like you're very confident in his beliefs. Well, I do think there was something spooky about that house. There were enough testimonies from reputable humans Mm -hmm. with like normal careers that stood a lot to lose by doubling down on saying that that's what they saw and what they experienced. Really horrible things involving kids, so I don't love that. Um, But after he did this investigation... Correct me if I'm wrong, Byron, but he bulldozed the house. Yeah. Then took the dirt from the house and brought it back to the haunted museum. It's a, it's a little bit more than just the dirt. They brought the remnants of the house to his museum in Las Vegas. They recreated, I believe, the staircase and made it look like the basement. So that you can enter the demon house basement. And in there the are huge warnings in this haunted museum about going into that specific location because there have been... And sometimes it's just shut off and they, they won't let anybody in. They always fucking say that, though. Like, I know. God, are we going to talk about the Dybbuk box? Because that's one that, like, I'm yeah. upset about. And I don't know when in your... Uh, we're going to talk about it, but Good. just briefly. Right. So well, so this was a, a big deal for Zach and... Was this the cause of his eye issues, Yes. Though? So he says that after this... He had a permanent eye issue. The doctors said they could do surgery on it, but there was a chance that during the surgery he would go blind and he could never do that. So but he's just going to live with it, but it's really bad. It was like a weird neurological attack that he received by the demons, right? And it left him with blurred vision and headaches or something. Yes. That's why he's always wearing his brainy glasses His weird wraparound Oakleys with clear lenses. They aren't wraparound. I got to be nicer about that. Be nice. But, but yeah, be I mean, nice. that's what happens when you enter a portal to hell, you know? Like, yeah. Hey, everybody, it's me, Zach Bagans. Uh, You may know me from a host of Ghost Adventures on Travel Channel. Uh, But, you know, I've been busy at work for the last few years building this mysterious place, the Haunted Museum in downtown Las Vegas. I have been collecting oddities, uh, haunted artifacts, cursed objects, and this is where my collection is going to be showcased in the 1938 historic, mysterious Wengert Mansion in downtown Las Vegas. Some of the objects are known as the most haunted objects in the world. So I can't wait to meet you. My spirits can't wait to meet you. And October 2nd, the doors to this haunted, mysterious, haunted museum 
uh, will be opened here in uh, downtown Las Vegas. This is a uh, kind of a true crime exhibit. What these killers did is very dark. What is real? No question are these real life monsters. Zach Bagans shows me his room of controversial memorabilia or murderabilia from some of America's most notorious serial killers. Where I actually held the brain of John Wayne Gacy, the killer clown. Zach recently unsuccessfully tried to acquire part of John Wayne Gacy's brain. He does put on display the clown paintings done by the man who in the 1970s raped, tortured and murdered dozens of boys and young men and masqueraded as a clown at parties. Loved ones of victims made sure other artwork was burned and destroyed after his 1994 execution. Other bizarre mementos, a painting of Charles Manson with his eyes painted with his ashes. It's in a display. Yeah. People are coming to the museum to see it. Some would say this is glorifying it. Well, that's their opinion. You're not going to make everybody happy in this life. And like I said, the curiosity is finding out why these men did what they did and to see if they truly were possessed by the devil. Motivated of sorts by some evil forces? Absolutely. We mentioned briefly, but he opened up this haunted museum in Las Vegas, which again, I think he genuinely believes in all of it, but it's become like... You know, in the Conjuring series, the Warren couple's storage of all of these haunted artifacts, yeah. it's become that, but he's charging people to go through it. Well, I think I the mean, Warrens charged as well. It wasn't oh, maybe like, they did. Yeah. But the Warrens did not have it set up like he did. He's he's much more this Vegas is a business. about it. Like, uh, this it's is a legit big business. The line wraps around the building to see what lurks inside Zach Bagan's haunted museum. Whether you believe in the undead or call it all hocus pocus. Billy Eilish really well. was really freaked out by it. Post Malone had some super spooky experiences there. He had some Civic there. Box Room stuff. You are a fan of rapper Post Malone. You know, he has not had the best luck lately. And now some believe it's because of something that he did during one of his trips to Las Vegas. <laughs> New video from Zach Baggins shows the rapper inside his haunted museum here in the valley. Now Baggins is seen touching what he calls the most haunted object, the Dybuck box, which is... Um, yeah, a box that supposedly has an evil spirit in it. Anyway, okay. so let's do a real quick overview of the Dybbuk box thing because I do think, you know, Byron wants to talk about well, it. Well, just because it was probably one of the most uh, underwhelming, disappointing Halloween nights I spent in ever. I'm really sorry about that. All, it's right, all right, so give us the... the framework and why it was so disappointing well, Byron and then I'll try and defend Zach. They build it as they were going to open a Dybbuk box live on the air on Halloween night. It yeah. was like a, a pretty long event, several hour live stream and that's the kind of shit that I really enjoy. But he believed that the Dybbuk box was causing his production to fall apart during that moment. Things got too intense and he just got bad, willy, creepy, woo-woo vibes from it and decided at the end of the night that it, he wasn't going to open it. I mean, he had a rabbi there. And that wasn't that up for debate kind of too? Like, well, it was almost like the rabbi didn't know what he was getting involved with and struggled with the description of what the situation was it, it seemed like the whole thing was so just... let's go into the history of the dybbuk box okay. first you, okay you would know, might know all right more. so in 2001 there was this guy who was garage sailing and he found this wine cabinet that had once belonged to a holocaust survivor who lived in poland and when she came to the united states she only brought three things with her and this was one of them 
the granddaughter of this Holocaust survivor who had just passed away said, oh, I see you bought the Dybbuk box. And the guy at the garage sale, his name was Kevin Manis, which is not super relevant. But he had never heard of that before. Had I been there, I would have told him. The girl said, oh, yeah, my grandma always kept it shut and out of reach because there was a Dybbuk, Jewish folklore, evil, restless spirit inside of it, warned Manis to never open it because if it was open, bad things would happen. Obviously, he didn't listen. So then supposedly, Manus took the box back to his shop and was going to restore it and then give it to his mom for her birthday. Mm-hmm. Opened the cabinet, found a series of strange objects. So two U.S. wheat pennies. One was 1925, one was 1928. Two locks of hair, a dried rosebud, a four-legged candlestick, a golden wine cup, and a granite sculpture inscribed with the Hebrew word shalom. The Shema, a prayer considered to be one of the most important in Judaism, was carved on the back of the cabinet. So he gave the box to his mother, Ida, on Halloween in the Why TV. Why on Halloween? I don't know. Like, this, who knows, right? Sure. In an interview on the TV series Paranormal Witness, the grandmother describes feeling a cold breeze from the box as she opened its doors and experiencing pure evil coming out. Uh, then she had a stroke. Pretty soon after, or like no, like right, right that at that moment. At that moment, wow. Yep. Well, I guess that would explain the cult feeling, though. Mm-hmm. Or that's like true. That. That's very true. And then for the next two years, a lot of other stuff happened to Kevin and the people that were around him. His sister was freaked out by the cabinet because the doors kept opening on their own. Brother and sister-in-law said it smelled really strange, like cat urine and jasmine. I don't know how you would recognize that combination. You've got sense, a good but... palate or something. Like nose palate? Yeah. Um, small yays or something. Could be. He and his siblings had recurring nightmares of this old woman with sunken eyes. The brother of a store employee died by suicide shortly after visiting the, the shop and knocking the cabinet off the shelf. So they wanted to get rid of it at this point. Yes. A couple years later, the worker... Like the brother had committed suicide, then the worker took his own life. Obviously, we don't know that those are things that had anything to do with the Dybbuk box. But he tried to give it to his then-girlfriend, super nice guy. But then after keeping for it for a time, she forced him to take it back. She had been seeing shadow things. Oh, my God. And he began seeing shadow things thereafter in his peripheral vision. Okay. But that happens all the time when you start paying attention to it because you know what the mind does? Tries to put together the information it has. What we see is just a collection of pieces of information put together. In the corners of your eyes, if you start seeing things, your brain puts it together to closely resemble whatever you're most likely wanting to see. Yeah. And actually, this was the box that inspired the movie The Possession, believe it or not. That came out in 2012. Yep. And so it passed around to a few other people. Everybody supposedly had horrible, scary experiences with it. And then, uh, as all creepy things eventually do, it fell into the hands of Zach Baggins. Zach Baggins. (laughs) It's where all things end. Zach didn't open it that night. He fucking hoodwinked me. I signed up for a free trial of one of those live TV streaming services. I don't know which one it was, but... Listen, man. Okay, so here's the thing, though. Are you sure? Because... They did open it eventually. Yeah, they opened it last year. Yeah. Or maybe the year before. During quarantine. During quarantine. Yeah. Yeah. And he actually felt pretty positive about the feelings. It gave him a warm, good feeling when he opened it. Well, and supposedly when he opened it, Baggins said he heard this voice say, Kevin, referring to the original order. Okay. Right? And evil, and then heard a child's voice... So that's interesting. Weird. I mean, Post Malone, though, he experienced like an emergency plane landing. There's a a car crash. What is his home got broken into? 
and like robbed. Yeah. Bad stuff happened after that Dybbuk box opened, but also he's Post Malone, so. Yeah, I mean, it could be just because he's got neck tattoos and face tattoos that bad things are happening to him. I'm not uh, sure. Well, I mean, who knows, but. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so yes, he, he writes about this and he says that there was something that made him realize it was not okay to open the box on that night. He got me and I don't like it. I know. I know. I'm really sorry. The museum has more than just the Davick box and the very lovely basement replication of the demon house. Tons of spooky stuff in there. He's got James Dean's car. He's, or pieces Pieces of James Dean's car. Yeah. Jack Wovorkian's murder van. Yep, he's got lots I'm of haunted dolls. I'm going to rephrase dolls. that. Assisted suicide fan. Thank you. He's got lots of haunted dolls. He has that, uh, I don't know if he has the Trump statue on display that we talked about, but know. he owns it, which yeah. is interesting. It's a it's a tourist destination that people come for miles to a see. A lot of people. It's a big deal. It's a really big deal. Like Eli Roth's horror thing that he was doing that, that closed, uh, the one that was offering like horror-themed weddings. You remember that? No, but this explains why he teamed up with Baggins to do a new series because he was like, well, clearly Baggins is doing this better than me, so let's team up. The Goratorium was what it was called. Eli Roth's so Goratorium. Like Eli Roth. How do you like Zach Baggins and not Eli Roth? Because I think Eli Roth is phony and Zach Baggins is not. Well, all right. Well, here we go. They are currently hiring people who want to give tours at the Haunted Museum if you're looking for a gig. And you're in the Vegas area? Yeah. Well, that would not be me. So let's talk about what everybody's been waiting for. Zach's personal life. We've all been waiting for it. Is that right? Let's be honest. (laughs) Okay. He's very, very private. It is really hard to find information. But one of the women we know he dated was the former queen of MySpace, who tragically died a few years back. Who is this? Christine Dolce. She was also known as Forbidden. With a capital B or a capital N? And a capital F. FBM. Uh, I guess, yeah. Yep. I, I just Forbidden. Yeah. Hey, what's up? This is Christine Dolce here, aka Forbidden. I am here at the two year MySpace party concert, getting ready to party. And shut your mouth. Love Listen, you. Uh, MySpace Love you long time. brings all the friends together. You know? Thank so you. She's a good girl. And he's Keep a good boy. Dashboard's coming on. Dashboard confessional. Thank you. On So she was a cosmetologist, and as you've mentioned a couple times, Baggins was big on MySpace. Pretty large. Back in the day. They really hit it off, and I think they did it for quite a while. But she had a lot of really bad substance abuse issues and ended up passing away of liver failure at the sad age of 35. Liver failure? Yeah. Oh, no. Yeah. I mean, you... You gotta drink a lot to be experiencing liver... Yeah, so Zach posted a, a nice tribute to her, whatever. Mm. So that one we know was real. We also know that more recently he dated Holly Madison from The Girls Next Door. They actually broke up about a year ago. But it was apparently an amicable breakup because he ended up doing an episode of his show investigating her house, which was supposedly haunted. Model, television personality, and best-selling author Holly Madison bought this house nine years ago. Ever since she bought this place, she has experienced things that have terrified her, things that she hasn't been able to explain. But only until 
a year and a half ago, have things started to get concerning. So as I know Holly, I said, we can come help. We can try to get answers. And more importantly, we'll try to communicate with your roommate that lives with you, but doesn't have a physical body. The way that Zach speaks about women is very similarly off-putting in, I'm sure, unintentional ways to the ways he speaks about many things. So we're just going to go straight to the horse's mouth. Here's a quote from his book. Some guys say, all my exes live in Texas. For me, all my exes get haunted and freaked out by evil spirits. It's the nature of dating me. That's shockingly uh, less offensive than I was expecting. Okay. Over a period of two years, every girl I dated was affected by the spirit attachments I had during that time. I see what he's doing, actually. I couldn't help it. Dealing with women is hard enough. Demons make it nearly impossible. As night falls, I talk to Holly in her backyard. Hi. Hi. (laughs) So... When did you realize there was something going on in your house? Almost immediately when I bought it, I started hearing strange noises that I couldn't explain. It wasn't like the sound of a house settling or anything. It would be like, say I was upstairs and I would hear a sound that sounded like something really heavy fell down in the kitchen and I would go look and nothing fell down. So that's how it started. That's how it started. But it wasn't until about a year and a half ago that things really started to pick up. It would be things like I'd be asleep in the middle of the night and my door would like burst open. And it would be loud enough that it would wake me up in the middle of the night and I'm usually a really heavy sleeper. And I'd be so scared because I thought it was an intruder. I thought somebody got past my alarm somehow. And that's when it gets scary for me. It's in the middle of the night. Yeah. And you have your door Mm -hmm. slam open like that enough to wake you up. I don't know. I don't know if if most people could even sleep in that room after that happening. I would be terrified. I mean, here's the thing, Byron. Question number one. What guy in his late 30s, early 40s dates more than a few women in a two-year period? I'm I'm not a normal person to be asking that question to because I... I mean, I feel like that's weird. Well, don't, don't date shame people. No, but like in interviews, he talks about this too. Like he gives a lot of impressions that he dates a lot of women. I don't know. He's also a celebrity. Celebrities date a lot of people. I like, guess. I, but I, what's weird is if he does that, how is there so little to be found? Like, why aren't there more? Well, there is one podcast, which we'll put, I don't know if you want to, but where a woman comes on who speaks about her brief yeah. romantic involvement with Zach. And we're going to get more into that in a minute. But does Holly like horror movies? Now she does. Yeah. She's, I'm actually, I, I just saw this very shocking future ghost fact here. She was in one of the most underrated early found footage films called The Last Broadcast back in 1998. Oh, yeah. I remember that. That's so strange Oh, that is me. strange. Really strange. It's but a, yeah, she, is, she loves the spooky things. Yeah. I'm also pretty curious to know what she says about in that, that new Secrets of Playboy thing. Have you been following the... the, the I've heard about it, but I haven't been Controversial things coming out about the Playboy Mansion, which I mean, is like not surprising super at all. Like, yeah. yeah. Woo! Totally surprising. She was pretty heavily involved in 
in the Playboy community. Was she a, a girlfriend of Hugh Hefner? Well, she was on that show. She was one of the two girls or three, three girls, girls that I lived think. with him and like yeah. had the reality show about it. Yeah. There was a point in time, uh, I don't know, five or six years ago, where Zach consulted with a spiritual healer because so many weird things had been happening to the women that he was dating. And he discovered that he had two spirits attached to him. One was a possessive female spirit. Oh, no. And one was a demonic entity. And then another healer told him the exact same thing. So that second opinion was enough for him to decide it was absolute truth. He claims that his exes have called him after they break up to tell him that they've had terrifying spirit experiences at their homes. And a couple of years ago, it was really intense. Would you, would you call these booty calls? I mean, honestly, it's a, it's a great joke, Byron. Uh-huh. But I was wondering, I because he talks about going to their house to try and help them. This seems... So here's another quote just because, all right, the first girlfriend had a serious problem and I had to go to her apartment because things were getting so bad. I hadn't seen her in a long time. So yeah, it was awkward, but I wanted to help. Apparently a spirit was attacking her and her roommate. It also damaged the apartment itself, tearing down the blinds, raising the washing machine lid, turning lights on and off and opening and closing doors. So how you been? So yeah, I mean, is this just like the weirdest? I don't know. Well. So he felt like it was so bad, especially in her bedroom, that he actually encouraged them to leave because when he was in her bedroom... You should stay with me. It was trying to pass its rage right. onto him, the the spirit was. Oh, no. He was getting rage? He was getting rage. I hate... That's actually, I think, my least favorite and favorite baggins all at once is when he gets... And it happens uh, a lot more these days. Like, really? that's kind of the new shtick. Oh, no. He's always ripping the shirt off or saying... There's Ugh. a lot of rage. So there's a point in Demon House where he became overcome with the negative spiritual energy. And, yeah. Uh, he, he, I think... Did mm-hmm. he physically assault someone? Yes, he did. I think Demon Aaron, House? maybe. Yeah, it was weird. Supposedly two weeks later, he got a very similar call from another ex, which was experiencing almost the exact same thing. These stories, combined with his spirit diagnoses, convinced him that the jealous female spirit was terrorizing these exes as a way to manipulate she's a succubus, him. succubus, right? Like... Which makes very little sense to me, because if she's possessive, why would she want him to re-engage with exes? Doesn't mm. make much sense. Yeah. But he describes it as... A funky triangle of jealousy. It's the worst kind of love triangle you can imagine. One with a demon chick involved. Literally. Okay. Also, did you know he has a private clothesline called Dungeon Wear? No. So again, he's just like you, Byron. He likes to edit. He has a clothing Uh, line. Yeah. He buys interesting pieces of art. He likes spooky things. Uh, He has glasses. So much... Well... (laughs) I was attacked by a demon, and that is the reason for this, not Mm -hmm. uh, stigmatism. Okay, one of the most important things about Zach that I had never heard before doing this research, maybe better fans have heard it, but he is part of a vampire clan. Um, Like, admittedly. Like in a video game, or? No, like... In real life? In real life, okay. Quick backstory, he was in Paris doing a catacombs investigation for his new show, Netherworld. The goal of this show was to be exploring other cultures, like international haunted spots that are culturally related. And it was a super bad production schedule. He was very stressed out. He was supposed to be interviewing some guy. Started getting consumed with some rage. Um, I don't know. There was some incident in Paris with a food cart operator who pulled a knife on one of his crew people. Hmm. Things were going really haywire. But then he goes to interview a, f- a fella named Father Sebastian. Master Fang Smith, Father Sebastian. Yes. All right. So definitely check out the picture of Father Sebastian. They became very quick 
BBFs. He joined the group that Sebastian heads up, which is the Sabretooth Vampire Clan. And you can learn more about this clan at sabretooth.com, which is kind of cool that they got that website. And here is what Father Sebastian has to say about Zach. <clears throat> Zach is a natural addition to the Sabretooth Clan and family. We are highly passionate about our own creative endeavors and highly individualistic with our own life goals and paths. What makes the Sabretooth Clan strong is this diversity of individuals inspiring each other and not competing. Hi, this is Father Sebastian here. I'm doing the ALS Ice Bucket Challenge. I got called out by some of my fans. Um, sadly, I couldn't get a bigger ice bucket into the catacombs. We're in the Paris catacombs, 90 feet under the city, below the metro, below the subway. Um, some of my uh, buddy Zach Baggins fans emailed me today saying that they tried to get him to do the Ice Bucket Challenge, but he didn't respond to their emails or Twitter thingies or anything like that. So I'm going to do it, and I'm calling out Zach Baggins. Here we go. Holy fuck! Zach is an inspiration for each individual to truly be who they are and find their own vampire gifts and follow them intensely. So he has fangs. Apparently he went through this procedure called the white right. I don't know what that is. It sounds vaguely like a KKK yeah, induction. Yeah, white supremacist. Um, they should come up with a different name for that for well. sure. Father Sebastian makes teeth for a lot of folks. Fangs. Yeah, yeah. And, and so he made Zach's fangs. fangs. Kelly. Yep, and, and Zach has his own fangs. Hi, this is Zach Bagans, and uh, I just got my fangs from Father Sebastian. I'm an investigator, I'm a host, I'm a detective for all things dark, for all things netherworld. Cool. Well, let's look at your fangs. Fuck yeah. is a very devout member of the Sabretooth. What's the first thought that comes to your mind? Uh, this is me. <laughs> this is me. It just feels right and complete. Uh, happy, seductive. This is awesome. It's an honor for these to be made by not somebody that's just a makeup artist, but somebody that is actually... Well, and you know where people who have these things might meet up? Oh, God. At an event uh, put on by Father, Father, Sebast Father Sebastian in Los Angeles. It's actually taking place on the 20th. No, you cannot go. It is called the Endless Night Vampire Ball. Nope, you and cannot go. I think I have to because... You cannot go. It's only $85 plus $3.87 fee, of course. What? That's the smallest and most random fee I've ever it heard in my life. Up, but I mean, there's couples for 99 You want to go? No interest. VIP... Oh, wow. This is incredible. You get full access to all performances on the main level and in the dungeon. Yeah. Starts at 10 p.m. Must be in dress code. I wonder what the dress code is. Gotta have fangs. Wow. So many events, though. There's one in Salem at the Vampire Salon in March and the New Orleans Vampire Ball in October. There you go. Zach's part of the Vampire Clan and... That's what one of his ex-girlfriends talks about. And apparently there's a lot of drama and rivalry between different vampire clans. clans. Like it's a super, it's very true bloody sounding. Well, do you know how much a, a set of these things? Runs? I imagine they're really expensive. What's your guess? 3500 Well, they start at 150 for, oh, so super for classic cheap. canines, but then I mean it can go up to it can go up to Nosferatu style for one sixty five, which you know the little tight so that's, tight longs. Those are cheap. Yeah, but also the the Brooklyn, which is two pairs of teeth with long canines and subtle laterals for three hundred dollars. 
So actually, those are pretty affordable. Pretty affordable. Mm. You can go to vampiremagazine.com, I guess. There you go. Slash products dot fang. So here's a couple of fun facts about Zach before we wrap it up. He has never consumed blood for protection from evil spirits. And I feel like that phrasing is very interesting. Yeah, it means he drank blood at some point mm -hmm. for fun. Why wouldn't he just stop with, I've never consumed blood? Yeah. He has never battled a zombie ninja ghoul or rode a bowl. Oh, man. Th that's some, like, really annoying shit right there. He has never been referred to as the Zack. He believes that artificial sweetener is worth the extra calories. So I'm trying to interpret that. What is he even talking? I is think he means... Like, is this a, a Teen Beat magazine? What yes, is it is. This is part of his book, and it is a Teen Beat magazine style Ugh, like call out this. on it. I hate it. But that doesn't even make sense either. I think no. he means to say that he thinks artificial sweetener is shit, and so the sugar, the sugar is, is worth, worth the, the calories. extra calories. Yeah, but he... Because there are no that, calories in artificial sweetener, so I don't know what less. he's doing. I don't know what he's doing either. He has never been called a savior or a patron saint. <sighs> okay. Hmm. Well, I've never been called a fireman or a nun. Uh -uh. I feel like I need to do some of these teen beat things for myself. So those are kind of jackassy ones, but I am going to give a couple cute ones too. Okay. Oh, all right. His biggest influences are the deceased people he meets. He loves Ralph Waldo Emerson. Who's, slightly who's surprising. Ralph Waldo Emerson. Mm -hmm. He's a poet. Huh. Emerson and Thoreau. You sure. Know, like old school boring poetry, right? He thinks that Star Wars is better than Star Trek. However, I think there's something about Shatner mocking him at some point. So that might be the reason for that. I don't know. He fantasizes about having a beer with Chevy Chase. <sighs> Wounded um. veterans choke him up. And he believes that animal cruelty is the shame of mankind, which is pretty sweet. That I do like that he's sweet. very much in love with his dog. I think her name is Gracie. Pretty jackassy, but I think almost 100% authentic. Is that your thesis at the end? It's my thesis. And I also think that he is smack dab in the middle in terms of intellectual capacity of the original three Ghost Adventures members. Any other big takeaways that you hope people leave this series with? Zach's music may not be great, but it's way better than Nick's. <laughs> All right. So yeah, we are going to talk a little bit about some music that may be played at the Endless Night Vampire Ball. And the playlist, I mean, honestly, there are a bunch of weird comparisons between Zach and I. He... He tells this interesting story about cheese during one of his investigations. He loves cheese. His yearbook photo is real cheesy and has my name right next to it. He, I'm going to just stick with, hates Trump. He's shamelessly authentic. He, he does not hate Trump. Nope, he's we're going to stick with it. He's, we're sticking with he it. He said it several times. We're sticking times. with it. No, he just didn't say no, specifically. he said, I hate politics. Yep, therefore he hates Trump. No, well, um, all right. We'll he's shamelessly all, authentic, just like me, but he is, I must say, a better musician. So You think so? Yeah, for your ears, everyone, please enjoy. What one do we want to go on? I'll let you, I'll let you pick. Oh, In, um, Immortal Portal, is that your favorite? In My Dungeon? So... What about Poor Pearl? That one isn't him as much as it is this weird folk song about one of the ghosts that they've investigated. So I really think we should do, do a, that a, one. Yeah, I don't know. What about Demonator? I don't know. You pick. I'm, I'm leaving it up to you. Just so people know, this isn't just Zach. It was actually a collaboration project that he did with one of the founding members of the Belgian electronic music band Lords of Acid, uh, Praga Khan. Let's go out within my dungeon. I feel something around me right now. And I'm sitting down in my dungeon. You're standing right next to me, aren't you? 
thank you guys so much for listening um series has been very fun are we getting more serious after this oh yeah it's mom talk time uh kelly until next week where are you gonna be well i'm gonna be at a loss because i'm not diving into every weird article i can find on zach baggins but uh no actually i am immersed in a playlist of tons of data about montauk and you can email me kelly at friday.com or find me on twitter at kelly friday and i'm at byron mccoy on twitter and instagram byron at friday.com is my email address and until next friday i'm byron i'm kelly stick to your own teeth and stay scared On this week's episode of Behind the Screams, roses are red, violets are boo. Love is in the scare, folks. It's a very special Valentine's Day edition. Available early, Monday, February 14th at patreon.com slash friday or cult.frightday.com. Join the FDS now to get access to over 60 episodes of Behind the Screams as well as bonus episodes of Byron Serial Corner, The Writer's Room, Toast to Toast PM with Wine Kelly, Captain Kelly's Cryptids and Conspiracies, as well as the first 10 episodes. Cult.frightday.com. We'll see you Wednesday. You've been listening to an Audio Wool original produced by Byron McCoy, theme music provided by cemeteries for more programs like this visit audiowool.co